Right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Take Flight Podcast, and we are back as a full group. This is episode number 165, and I think it's the first group episode of the new year. So first of all, wishing you all a happy new year, and welcome back to the Take Flight Podcast. In this episode, we'll be looking ahead to the year ahead, and we'll be placing predictions on different elements of the market. We'll be talking about macro conditions, we'll be talking about the real estate market, and we'll also be talking about stocks and equities. And as well as that, we'll close the episode with sharing what our individual personal focus areas are for 2023. So we hope you like this episode. As always, if you aren't subscribing already, please make sure to subscribe to us on whichever platform you listen to us on. And if this episode is valuable for you and you think someone else would equally have some value from it, please feel free to share this episode. With that, let's start the music and start the episode of 2023 for the first time. Right, guys, morning, morning, morning. How is everyone feeling today? Daniel, Mr. Johnson, how are you, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well, thank you. It's a great start to the new year. Um, just getting on with things. Uh, things are changing uh, in... I'd say uh, my personal life, son started nursery. Um, but yeah, all good. Can't complain. Great start to the year. And spent the holiday season um, seeing friends and family. So that was uh, fantastic. So Daniel, one quick question. With your son now starting nursery, how did that feel the first day that you left him at nursery and had the chance to uh, be away from him in that dynamic? I felt fine to be honest. It was like, okay, I felt fine. I know. Honestly, honestly, I'll be. I'll, I'll be honest. I felt fine because he had some settling in days where he did um, a couple of hours, so we got okay. used to taking him and then going back home just us. And I think the first full day, it was strange because he wasn't home the whole day because I'm used to working at home and then he goes to his activities or yeah. play groups, whatever it may be. But it's just it was weird, just Melissa and I being at home with him not being there. It was, it's almost like back to pre when he was born pre when Melissa mm. was pregnant. Um like when we when we left dropping him off, Melissa's like, let's go get him. We drove off, like, let's turn the car around, turn the car around. So she felt it a lot more than I did because she's been with him every day since he was born. Um but yeah it was just trying to get used to it and knowing that it's going to be good for his development and growth as well as for us as well. And also he's not in full time yet. So it's only three days a week and ramp him up to five days by um end of Q1. Okay. All right. So Daniel, thank you so much for for sharing and congratulations on that personal uh, milestone with the with the family and maybe with that we can go to the the other resident father in the group Abila Timbo how are you doing yeah all good were you really trying to jump in no 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 wait 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 Oli is there something you want to tell us yeah so I've got um three kids on this podcast Shiwa <laughs> I thought so. I thought so. I knew he was trying to be cocky, talking yeah. about he's the father of us. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it was interesting to hear Daniel talk about um, his son going to nursery for the first time. Um, yeah, um, yeah, that was just yeah. So it's cool to cool to hear. Um, for myself, yeah, great. Um, it's been an incredible weekend, um, and I have Daniel to thank. Um, incredible week sorry and then I have Daniel to thank for that again he's he's a man of many surprises so he put together um, <laughs> something which was family orientated so that was just like a gift um, which I cherish um, yeah a lot of family um, events this this week so 
been really, really good. And then now looking to slowly start um, warming up my engines for the new year. Um, but great. I feel good. Family's well. Um, ready to kick off. Great. Love to hear that, Pete. Looking forward to uh, another big year ahead. And um, Mr. Olu Okanola, how, how are you doing? I see that T-shirt fits you a bit better than normal, so I can tell that you've been going to the gym. So how, how are you doing? All good? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Um, if I'm honest, it doesn't feel like 2022 has ended, um, just in terms of work-wise, um, was really crazy, um, busy, just with the end of year financials. So that sort of stopped a few days ago. So now I can sort of readjust, realign um, to 2023. Um, and it's going to be a big year, some big plans. We'll discuss some of them in this episode, I think, about some of our, maybe some of our goals or stuff that we want to cover in 2023. So I'm absolutely excited, but I haven't really had a break yet. So just waiting for, for that realignment. <clears throat> Okay, great. So hopefully you get the chance to uh, to, to close the books during the next few few weeks, Olu. So on my well, side, Olu, yeah. Sorry, no, Olu, so when does 2023 start for you? Um, some people took a break. I just feel like it's a constant, you know, constant, <laughs> constant cycle. <laughs> no, I'm joking. For me, it probably starts mid mid Jan. I would say mid Jan is when I start um, again. Olu, um, I'm quite surprised about that. But... I'm quite surprised by those remarks because someone like you would usually say, "Oh, you're starting mid-Gen. You're allowing you're allowing other people to get 15 days of um, advantage." That's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> thing thing get an advantage if you didn't stop. Right? They stopped before Christmas, so I was still going at that period of time. So you're ahead. You're letting them catch up, but still behind you when you continue going. That's the logic. I, I, I said it because I knew you'd have a response. I knew you'd have a response. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shuma, how are you doing? Cool. Yeah, yeah sure. How are you doing? Yeah, no, thanks, guys. So actually, building on um, Olu's, actually, I think for, for me, Christmas was good. I think we spoke about it in the last episode. Anyway, it was nice to have some time with family and friends, but it was also quite a busy time um, closing the books with, with work, working through a transition into the new year. Uh, and then now also, I'm recording this again from my uh, Cambridge dormitory room. I have three months left and then uh, finally done with the uh, with the masters. So that means that there's quite a ramp up in the assignments and everything. So it's also been good, but I'm also looking forward to having a break, have the chance to get some sun from tomorrow for, for a week. So that would be the way that mentally I'm going to close 2022. And then once I'm back from that, then that's when my 2023 will actually uh, begin so this episode has really come at a good oh. good time in that sense so there's, there's three months uh three months left of an 18 month program so three months left of a 20 month program so oh. i've got february march april weekends and then in may will be the the graduation so that's going to be a huge it's going to be a huge moment for my family for myself of course but it's also going to unlock a lot of time and mental capacity to uh, transfer to other areas. So even more focused uh, after that point. So wow. yeah, really excited, really excited. It feels like it's so quick. Yeah, very Yeah, quick. yeah, 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 yeah. As... Um, question, it's not, it's not, it's, I don't mean to, I'm not trying to crack a joke, I'm being serious. It's not possible <laughs> to fail an executive MBA, is it? Um, it probably is possible to fail, but you would have to be extremely bad and you'd have to not attend and you'd have to just 
decide that I can't commit to this from a time perspective. If I look at the amount of people that started, not everyone is finishing. Um, and that's because once they've started, they've realized the time commitment, they've got other personal things that come up. Um, a few people have deferred years, etc. in that sense. But otherwise, if you attend every time you do the assignments, then you can't really fail, I would say, um, because everyone's at a particular level where at this point, you've paid so much to do it, then it doesn't make sense to um, not give it enough to at least pass, I would say. So, so you're paying for a pass? So they give you a grade. They give you a grade. Um, and that with that grading, if you obviously get a very high grade, then you get distinction, for example. Um, but otherwise, I, I don't know if after I finish my MBA, any, anyone's going to ask me after what grade did you get? I, I didn't really get asked that about even okay. undergrad beyond the first year. So, yeah, same. Yeah. Um, I think they should bring that system into uh, secondary schools and universities. Pay to play, pay to pass. <laughs> Whoever's got the highest bid, you can just you can walk through. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> but actually, with that, it's a good transition. Talking about highest bids and where to place bets. So let's see where everyone's placing their bets for 2023. So looking ahead to the year ahead, as already mentioned in the introduction, we wanted to tackle three elements of the, the market. First element would be overall macro conditions. The second element would be the real estate market. And then finally would be the equity market. Now, as always, and as we have mentioned in previous episodes, this is not financial advice. These are for good friends that are having a conversation with each other. And they're hoping through these conversations, it can help ignite thoughts and conversations to our listeners as always. Um, if you did want to get financial advice, please make sure to get that from a qualified financial person as well. Now, with that out the way, in terms of the way that we'll structure this next section, those three elements I've mentioned, macro, real estate, stock and equity, each person will have to say whether they're bullish or bearish. Bullish typically means that you're um, excited about the market. You think the market's going to go up. And bearish is where you think the market's going to go down. And what I would like everyone to do in their predictions is to rate between one to 10 where they are. One meaning being a strong bear where you think the whole market is just going to collapse for the whole year. And 10 is being a strong bull. So you think the market will just be up the whole uh, time from here to the end of the year. So with that hopefully explained and clear for the listeners, let's start with the first area. So overall macro conditions, bullish or bearish, rating out of 10 and why? Who would like to go first? Oli, because you made that face, let's go with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, do you just want a number or my rationale for... If you, give a, number, if you can give both, Oli, if you give the number and then your rationale and then we'll go around. Okay, so my rationale and my number. So my number would be, I would go with a um, a four, a four, mm -hmm. four. Yeah, it's a number that I will go to. And a bear, so, fair, a bullish or bear. So if one is bear and ten is bull. Oh, sorry, sorry. Okay, four, on the scale. Yeah, if all is saying four. bear four, then he's leaning more towards probably tougher macro conditions okay, so Olu, cool. how, how come macro your conditions but not the end of the world sort of like i think one is like a worst case scenario if i'm mm -hmm. putting on a scale right yeah. and i think in comparison to and the way i did that was by looking at what's happened in 2022 and what's happened in previous years and said okay what are we going to go through in 2023 what is it compared to those previous years right and i think we've had years such as the recession, the Great Depression, um, 
and um, um, in 2008, the price, the property crash and everything like that. And I don't think it's going to be that extreme. Um, and then if, especially if I sort of zoom out and look at last year and I say, okay, what was the story of 2022, right? The first one was inflation. We saw a massive surge across the world in inflation. I think the UK was around 7 to 11% was the inflation that we saw. We saw the massive spike in interest rates, right? So Treasury, Feds trying to control, um, the Bank of England trying to control inflation. Um, we also had um, COVID at the beginning of the year. Uh, most people won't pretty much remember, but Omicron was a big thing going on. Um, and then also, let's not forget the war in Russia um, and Ukraine yeah. against Russia and Ukraine, right? That was also a really big thing. And then <laughs> the last thing that happened in 2022 was really like political. If you look at the US, if you look at the UK, the <laughs> the multiple Liz, Liz trusts that we couldn't trust, um, right? She was in the house. Um, she was um, prime minister for a sh record short time, right? I think there was so much instability in the in the political sort of landscape so if i now fast forward to 2023 i think what we're gonna face i think the russia um, ukraine war will probably sort of start to resolve itself in the latter stage of 2023 so i think that's a positive do i see us getting into any other wars like china taiwan etc like that i don't think so so i think that's a positive uh, for the year. I think inflation is going to be very volatile and I think it's going to impact some of my other predictions, but I think inflation sort of peaked in 2022. The Bank of England, Treasury, the Fed, if you're in the US, increased interest rates to try and control it. I mentioned our problem and reliance on debt before. I think we're going to see a lot of things break based on this. So mortgage, people trying to remortgage um, re their homes, et cetera, et cetera. What's going to happen then? They're going to ease off. So they're going to lower interest rates. What's going to happen then again? We're going to see inflation again. So I think there's going to be a yo-yo effect of inflation, which is going to be quite frustrating for people to manage. Um, and I think the last thing to sort of break and to finish this cycle that we're going through is a recession, which is going to be quite a bit of, it's going to be a lot of job losses. Cause I think that's the only thing that's going to slow people down from consuming. It's going to be the job loss. So I think the job loss element mm -hmm. is probably going to be at that scale, a two, if I'm honest. Um, I think it's going to be a serious job loss to correct the way the market is. But I think the other factors, the political, I think now we've got, you might agree or disagree, but I think we've got stability in the prime minister right now in the UK um, and the conflicts abroad. I think we're going to start to see resolution there as well. So because those are going to be more positive, I sort of balanced out on the four. So that's okay. Got it. Perfect, Olu. I think that's lots of um, really good information for the listeners and a very well-rounded uh, perspective as well. So uh, giving it a four out of 10, you are slightly more in the negative criteria. Um, but still not as bad as potentially uh, 2022 was. Uh, so maybe with that, let's go to Pabilo because you're visually above uh, Olu. What's your what's your take of the overall macro conditions of one? Yeah, sure. So so, so building on um, Olu's points, um, for me, I'm at a strong three. Um, 
And I think we can't ignore um, one of the biggest factors as to as to the fact that there's been so much printing into the system, right? And that has an effect and a, and a knock-on effect that we're basically seeing now for a number of years. We're going to see for a number of years. So for me, three, um, very, very bearish. I think if you look at, there are a number of reports that suggest that the UK economy is going to be in a longer recession than its other G7 counterparts for all of the things that Olu's mentioned. And then for me, I think one of the factors I've really focused on and paid attention to, and it's almost like the last ball that drops. And if it does, it really, really makes a difference with the economy, which is unemployment. So, so currently now in the UK, unemployment is around sort of 3.5%, um, which actually is not too high. But I looked at what happened after 2008, and that went from around 4% up to sort of 8%. So if we see similar trends in this period what we see in 2008, you could actually see unemployment rise to similar levels. And I think once you have unemployment rising, that's when you really have a system where you start to see big trouble, which we haven't seen actually. I think it's been difficult to trust certain reports, especially in the US and the UK, in terms of what actually really um, our companies doing with a level of unemployment. But I think we're going to see a lot more unemployment and company and companies laying off employees um, over the next sort of 12 to 18 months. Um, which is only going to fuel um, the recession for a longer period. So um, that's really, I think, the big, the big factor to pay attention to. Um, I think, you know, the next 24 months are going to be really bare. I don't think there's going to be growth until maybe, you know, Q3, Q4, 2025, maybe beyond. Um, so that's where, that's where kind of my thoughts lie, um, with a big focus on, on, on the unemployment part. Got it. Yeah, thanks, and then, for... And then, just, and then just lastly, actually, I think just to, just to tackle one, just to maybe send that, remind people that um, CPI, inflation, is currently statistically at 11%, highest it's been in several decades. So all of the interest rate rises have not yet combated um, rising inflation. And I think there's even reports to suggest that the Bank of England want to further increase it. So this has taken a very long time to correct. Um, and that's also going to be another reason as to why we're going to see sort of a long, um, I'm not sure how deep, but it's going to drag on for some for, for sort of 18, 24 months and um, three years. Great. Perfect, P. Thanks a lot for, for adding that unemployment and uh, inflation uh, angle to, to Ollie's prediction as well. So we've got a four, we've got a three. Um, Mr. Daniel Johnson, how, how are you feeling about the overall macro conditions? Mine's going to be a four um, for many reasons similar to what's already been said. And just echoing similar some similar sentiment is, I think 2022 was very confusing. Inflation was rising, and it and the economy kept chugging along, um, low unemployment figures as well as rising wages, and it was very hard to decipher whether reports are saying you know this is good, but it's bad, this is bad but it's good. So really and truly, what what side of the spectrum was it on? It was really hard to understand if some of the measures are as, are as good as it looks or some are as bad as they look. It depends where, what, what angle you're reading it from. Um, you know, when we see inflation, as Olu said, there were there were spike in going sky high, you know, the, the highest it's been in 40 years. And basic goods were almost 40% year on year in terms of price. When I think about this year, I think it's going to be rather difficult. I think it's going to be a long couple of years. And I think there are some some you know can some events that are going to trigger and spiral um a domino effect and i just want to make everyone aware so people may not be aware or may be aware of a man called michael burry so michael burry was the investor of the big short 
um, in the Big Short fame, and he's known for his dire but often accurate predictions. And he predicted correctly the 2007-2008 financial crisis and made you know millions from that. Not because he wanted to play them to play the the system, but he could see and foresaw it for 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 you know well ahead of well ahead of the event happening. And he mentioned or he put a tweet out last week saying inflation peaked, but it's not the last peak of this cycle. We are likely to see CPI lower, possibly negative second half 2023, and the US in recession by any definition. He said the Fed will cut and government will stimulate and we'll have another inflation spike. It's not hard. It's likely that when it's Jerome Powell, the Fed chair, I think the, the Bank of in, Bank of England as well, with the MPC, I don't think we've seen interest rates slow down. I think they're going to continue to increase for the next couple of quarters before we see any slowing down of interest rates. So yeah, for my prediction for the macroeconomic, market, uh, macroeconomic conditions would be a fall for this year. And Daniel, that quote that you gave, that's what I meant about like the yo-yo in effect, because we're going to start to see it down and they're going to say, hey, look, let's relax the interest rates, drop down again, and then we're going to see a spike again. And that's why I think it's going to probably be probably be the longest recession that we ever face or interest rates that we face, because people don't just, and it's sad to say this because obviously, you know, jobs are tied to people's livelihoods but we don't want to take the medicine and the medicine is really the job loss for it to truly correct. And that's getting back to that 3%. But if we keep sort of stimulating the markets and playing with the markets with interest rates and stuff like that, and reducing it, increasing it, reducing it, it's always going to have a yo-yo impact until we start to see in job losses. Great. Thanks Daniel for, for sharing and adding those uh, perspectives as well. I think from, from my side, very quickly, I think the only thing that I would add is I'm also in the bearish territory. I'd probably give it a four from my side. Uh, I think one element that will have a global impact is the fact that China is starting to open up again. And there's such a strong influence of the global supply chain from the Chinese economy. Uh, and I think for them where they have been in, uh, strict lockdowns for the best part of two years now uh, with it opening up it could have an inflationary effect in terms of uh, lots of people being able to spend from china being able to travel and stuff as well but i think there could be some issues on the supply side which could constrain um, supply chains across the globe as well so that's also a bit of an unpredictable factor but i think it adds to everything we've already discussed here collectively so we're in that three to four range overall so probably leaning towards the bear territory so let's talk about another market which has had a bit of a choppy end to 2022 uh, but let's see where you guys think the real estate market will land for 2023 and uh, maybe with this we'll go uh, first to Pabilo to give your your thoughts on the real estate market and if you'd give it a one bear rating up to a 10 bull rating yeah sure um, very quickly so <clears throat> also bearish um um position sort of around three to four um, is what I'll give the rating. I think we have to see a correction in house prices because the market has been sort of overinflated um, in the last sort of 12 months, mainly due to the amount of capital and credit that's been injected into the system. So I think I think we can actually see corrections of prices of up to about 20%. Um, and what, I mean, we've even with the interest rates rising, I think we can expect to see even a further rise, which, which I was saying before, but generally speaking, I think we have to see that correction um, because not only property prices, but also company valuations that like we've discussed, you know, have, have been at all time highs. So 
it's a natural part of um, the industry and the cycle. Um, um, having said that, actually, when I speak to some of my local guys on the ground, um, you know, the market is still um, relatively busy. So it'll be interesting to, to monitor those conversations, you know, as, as the year goes through from a letting standpoint and also um, from a sales standpoint. So P, you think down 20%? Is up to up to like a, it could be a maximum. Yeah, maximum it could go it could go there yeah okay interesting mm. all right perfect p thanks a lot so we've got four on the board for now daniel let's go over to you what's your thoughts on the real estate market for 2023 i'm four I'm, let me just be transparent i'm four across the board i have it written down already um i think like p said it's overinflated there needs to be a correction everything yeah. is just all-time highs right now um the interest rates that are going to be uh well like i said it's going to be a domino effect when it when when something kicks off it's going to have a knock-on effect to other industries to other sectors and it's we're all going to be essentially every, everything's going to be in the same storm I wouldn't say same boat because some are on yachts some are on um, dinghies but we're all in the same storm <laughs> got it okay so uh, daniel johnson is on the 444 wave today so basically uh mr jay-z Olu what's your take on the real estate market um, before I answer that question, I got a question for P. Um, since twenty, let's say twenty 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 one, how much mm. do you think property prices have gone up by, roughly, percentage wise? I'm not sure. I don't have. I don't have that data. Okay. If you have it, tell me. No, I don't have the data. That's why I was. Oh, okay. I was going to say, do you oh, think okay. it's more than twenty percent? Do you think it's? I'm just directionally, because no, that I, helps. I, I, I would be guessing. I would be guessing. Um, so I would say more, I'm probably at a five. Um, I think the issue we have with the, there's too much money in property and interested in property. And what I mean about that is if I look and I was researching sort of the UK um, housing volume, Right. So how much transactions are actually happening around property, property purchases. Right. And even though we've seen a decline month over month, if I compare it to last year, we're still up around 13 percent. So there's still transactions in the market year over year. comparison. I think we obviously saw a spike. Right. And again, that's the same with inflation and all these other things. We saw a spike. The difference with housing, I think, is we need it as in people need places to live. Right. And then also we have a shortage of houses. So I don't think we're going to see a massive correction as big as 20%. I think the maximum we'll probably see is 10%. What we're going to see is really a slowdown in the, the, the growth, being purchased. Okay. growth, no, the growth of houses going forward. And I think we've been, we've been, blessed our parents etc to see houses double in like seven ten years i think those days are going to be a lot longer and a lot further out in terms of seeing houses um, double but i think what's going to happen right now is really uh flat 10 percent not as much increase and again a lot of the data that we're seeing is talking about oxen prices versus actual sold selling price and purchasing prices right and we know let's be honest last year people were ridiculous with how much they were asking right they were saying 
I want 30, 40% more than what the actual property is worth. So if they're going down 10%, 20%, I don't think we're ever going to get to a stage where house prices are going to be cheaper than it was pre-COVID, right? And that's, I would say, was more of a normal state uh, per se. So that's why I give it a five. I think the biggest risk to real estate is interest rates. Uh, but like I mentioned before, now we've got corporations and businesses and firms purchasing properties, right? So they can stomach that higher interest rate for a short period of time, because at the end of the day, we've got such a reliance on debt. And if you ask anyone, even, even if you ask the banks, they don't even trust that interest rates are going to stay at this rate forever. They feel like it's going to increase to sort of correct interest. Uh, inflation and then it's going to reduce back again so based on that logic i'm going to say i'm five and i'm going to say it's going to pretty much not grow but stay 10 percent down max and then just stay no growth going forward is my prediction great thanks Oli, for, for sharing so we've got two fours and a five i think from my side i'm probably in the camp um of camp four uh i think already in the market that i've observed there are um, reduction in asking prices, uh, but I also think that probably, as as Oli you mentioned, is sold data that's the most important. And ultimately, I think people have got comfortable with prices that they've seen the recently in recent years. And unless you have a need to sell, which could happen depending on the macro conditions that we've mentioned, unemployment and other factors, until you see strong reasons to sell quickly, then I can't imagine a significant quick decline. Um, but overall, it definitely will slow down, at least from from my perspective. And I have noticed that in terms of the asking prices. So uh, also with the real estate market, I think we are leaning towards bearish territory um, around the, the four out of 10. So last but not least, stocks and equity market as a whole, bullish or bearish. For this one, I will go over to our resident oil and gas expert, uh, Olu Okanola. I thought we were going to start with Daniel in this one. Uh, <laughs> I'll okay. go to you first and then Daniel. Um, this one was really tough to, to answer because a correction, we are all, I would say in the phase of accumulating assets, right? So a massive correction or a drop or a decline is also good for us because you can pick up at a lower price, right? So this was a really difficult one to answer. And I am going to go based on the data and say that I'm, a I'm a six on the stock market. <laughs> now, my rationale for being a six is um, historical data. So I, I look back at the stock market um, from 1928 to 2022. And I tried to understand how many times, and this was the S&P 500, how many times have we seen a double negative, um, negative year so one year of negative growth um, in the stock market and then the subsequent year also being negative as well. Now, if you go back to like 1929, you'll see situations where there were like four years of negative growth, right? But if I look at since sort of 2000 and even if I go from 1976, there's only been one other time where there was three consecutive um, declines, which was 2020 to 2021. Every other time that there's been a negative, right? So if it's 
2008. Wait, sorry, you're saying, so you're saying 2020, 2021's been a triple negative? Yeah, so, yeah. No, no, the, no, it, was, it, was, it was the year 2000, 2001 and 2002 was a triple negative. Correct. The Correct. S&P. For, yeah, you said 2020. Oh, sorry, yeah. I meant um, 2000, uh, yeah. 20, okay, yeah. Okay. 2000, yeah, 2000, yep. Um, to 2002 was negative, um, negative um, growth on the stock market. But after that period of time, we've never seen a double year when it comes to negative. I think if we look at 2008, we saw the stock market go down around 35%. The following year went up by 25%. So the reason I believe that is, is because the stock market normally prices in information quicker than any other equity stocks, et cetera. So we've been talking about recessions. We've been talking about job loss. We've been talking about inflation. We've been talking about the war in Ukraine. These are all already being priced in, right? So I think because all that information has been priced in, that's why the stock market typically sees a recession or bottoms out in a recession prior to the recession even ending. So fast, fast forward to 2023, I think what I'm expecting to see is to see a positive year in the stock market. But I'll be, if I'm honest, it will be single digits. I think it will be the, the case. And then I think it's, we're not going to get to a place of sort of 20, 30% increases onto maybe like five, five years when we start to see growth in the economy. But I think just based on the data, and I'm just basing this on the data, and I would say, I don't believe this year what we've seen has been as bad as what's happened in the past. I think sometimes we are very we internalize what our experiences are. I think this is the worst it's ever been. But our parents, if you sit down with your parents or anyone that's elderly and you tell them to share some of the stories when they were growing up, they will talk about war. They will talk about cost of living issues that they had. They will talk about so many different things that they had to go through which we probably wouldn't even be able to handle if we had to go through that as well. So yeah, my my number is six. Um, I think we're going to see a really small increase in 2023. And even though, even if it, my prediction is wrong, then it is a correction. Not financial advice, because we don't give that on this podcast. It's just four random guys talking. It's time to pick up equities at a uh, reduced price. Perfect. Oh, look, okay, I'll, Ali, so that's a more optimistic tone. Sorry, Daniel, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I was, I was going to speak because I know I'm next, but Oli, I'm surprised that you're saying you think it's going to be a single digit uh, positive figure this year based on data, because when you look at 1990, which was a negative mm. year, 1991 then was 30.4, 30% mm. um, uh, positive. When you look at 2002, the next negative year, the following year, 2003, was 28%. Mm. When you look at tw- 2008, the following year was, was 24%. Then the last negative year was 2018. The following year was 31%. So going on data, I'm surprised that you're going for a single digit positive return rather than a double digit. The reason is because COVID inflated our market so much that we got to a place where we were completely overvalued prior to that correction. So that's why I only see a single, because if you look at a baseline from the previous years and COVID years, we talked about it in multiple episodes, right? About um 
Peloton and all these companies yeah, that yeah, were yeah. completely overvalued. That's and, and, and that's fantastic. And that's why I'm a number four. That's why I'm a four for this because I feel like this is... I think we already knew you were four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be very quick. I think this is... All may disagree, say this is... You know, this is not as the same as before, but I think we're in a very different situation with different circumstances right now that this is going to be a prolonged, longer recession, especially for the UK. And I think that we we haven't really even hit the bottom right now. We're still on a downward spiral. Things are going to be prolonged uh, and a bit more difficult to bear. So that's difficult to bear, pun intended, number four is for me. Um, pass it on to P. Oh, um, yeah, I'm, I have to just go with five. I'm not the stock expert. So it's good to get the reviews from um, or the assessment from Olu and Daniel. Yeah, I think very quickly. Also, this isn't necessarily my area of focus or expertise, but I'd probably give it a five um as well typically at least from what i understand of the stock market it's probably more of a leading indicator to how the real economy will look like and a lot of the reductions have been priced in in 2022 um but let's see how it ends in 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 2023 so overall guys thank you for sharing your predictions i think that was a a very well-rounded perspective i think we are we are leaning on the more bearish territory so quite choppy waters for 2023 ahead but that's of course the macro the real estate the stock and equity market markets that we don't necessarily control um, but a market we definitely can control is our personal focus so very quickly to wrap up the episode what would be good is to understand uh, from all of you uh, very quickly what is your personal focus area or areas for 2023 when it comes to your own personal development with this one, maybe I'll go to you first, Daniel. Yeah, sure. Um, I actually spent most part of my yesterday evening filling out that 2022 to 2023 transition and what you want the year to be. Um, not to, I don't want to share anything too uh, private, too detailed right now because I'm still refining that. But one thing I will, I'll tell you one thing I want to do more this year is read. So I showed in the last group episode, I had a load of books that I want to read. So I want to, I want to start reading them. Um, that's one thing I want to do. That was on my list last year. It's on my list this year, but I'm not ashamed to say I didn't, I didn't hit the target last year. So I'm going to try and do that again this year. Perfect. Great, Daniel. It's a good one to to take into 2023. Maybe after this, we go to Pabilo. Yeah, sure. Um, on my side, um, yet to finalise sort of the business wealth deals aspect side of things. But I think a theme for this year is is, and I think it jump it builds on from what Daniel was saying is this sort of new information, um, new access opportunities. Uh, because I feel like where I am now, I don't want to continue operating off the information that I know. So it's, it's this it's this kind of idea around really challenging what I know and looking to really um, you know take on new information to take action on that. So um, yeah, this theme of new information, new access. Um, generally speaking, strengthen my harder habits. Um, um, optim optimize health plans, and I think a big focus also is Karim now is turning three to four, so it's really about getting a very very strong development plan for him over the next ten years and making sure that he has a very first class um, focus on his education and not just from a school standpoint. When I look at think about education, I think well rounded, right? So being well read, well well travelled, um, well fed, um, well educated. So. That's that's a program that uh, myself and my wife are really going to double down on. Um, and then maybe lastly, just family experiences and capturing the moments. So um, those are the things that have that are, will be some themes for the year. Great. Thanks, P. And then uh, with that, we'll go to Olu and then I can close out. Yeah, for me, um, I think when I was looking at end of 2022, 2023, 
my big focus and development for myself, which also spans out to my friends and family is how do I educate people around me when it comes to financial literacy? Um, so I've set myself a goal where it's, as I'm in 2023, right, is educating my friends and families about stocks and shares, ISAs, pensions, all these different things. And it's not just about educating and having a conversation. I've actually started a WhatsApp group with them where I walk them through each and every step of actually open up, opening up a stocks and shares ISA, how to decide what to purchase, them having to send me screenshots and hold them accountable for it. Because I think, especially for the four of us in this group, we have so much knowledge and I know we share it in this podcast, but at the end of our lives, what we're going to be recognized for, what we leave is how we've impacted other people. And I've had enough of just talking. Now I'm like, yo, I'm pulling you guys with me. I'm forcing you to actually do these things because I don't want to look at um, when I'm 40, 50 years old, I've got million plus in my stocks and shares. I say my pension and I look around at my friends and it's like, oh, I never invested. And it's like, wait, I had that knowledge. I had that insight and I didn't help anyone out. So now it's enough about the talking. It's about physically pulling people through this journey because unfortunately, and a lot of them have said that to me, the households they were in, they weren't taught these things. In the school's mm. education system, they weren't taught these things. So we've learned that. So why not pull people through? And that's why I love this podcast. I love you guys because I can pull your ears um, and pull your minds and say, what do you think about this? Advise me about this. Force me to do certain things, right? I didn't want to buy the Liverpool property. Shuo and P were always on my case saying, property, property, property. Ended up doing it and I don't regret it, right? So that's the sort of mindset for 2023. So does that mean more videos on the bottom line? Oh, last year was a good year. Holding you accountable. 30 videos. Um, I'll be chopping and editing clips on this putting on my YouTube. Oh, that's, 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 that's what, that, that's what, on YouTube. That's why you did the word of word to take flight t-shirt. I can't understand. That. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but now, Lou, that's a, that's a really, really uh, nice one to almost wrap up. And I think the, the other thing that I would do is for the listeners, especially if you are interested in investing in stocks and investing in shares and learning more about ISIS. Olu's done a great episode near the end of last year, episode number 162, which was a Take Flight Takeaways episode uh, where he spoke about how to invest in stocks and shares and very practical, applicable advice. So make sure to check that out. Um, I think from my side, as discussed at the beginning of the episode, I haven't had that end of year reflective slash 2023 goal setting exercise yet. I'm planning to do that in the next week, hopefully in some warmer weather. I think that the, the key theme that keeps coming out to me for 2023 at least is to do less but make it better and make it bigger because I think generally the focus is to be even more focused in 2023 and um, to work on less projects but the projects that I work on have to be really impactful and something that long term have the best payout. Um, not not looking at just financials, but really in terms of my growth, my development, and where I'm trying to go collectively with the people around me. So less but better and bigger. Uh, and then I think with that, that's a nice way to close the episode, guys. Thank you for the great predictions. Thank you for also 
uh, the time and energy in all of 2022 and looking for a great 2023 ahead with this fantastic group. Nandi, this will be a great episode for the listeners who may not know. Nandi is our amazing producer who does all the audio and the great video clips that you see. This probably will have lots of clip episodes that we can play back in January 2024, and then it'll be a good uh, comparison to look at. So Nandi, if you could create some clips already for then, that would be super appreciated. Uh, I think with that, I give it over to Daniel to close us out. Thank you. Um, with what Olu said, it reminded me of a quote my dad used to say is, it's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. So with everything we do, be nice, share your talents, share your knowledge, share your gifts. Um, but we hope this has been a wonderful episode for you all. Um, whether you're a new listener or, or a continued listener, we appreciate you listening to this episode. We hope you've had a great start to the year and wish you a favourable and peaceful 2023. See you next week for a Take Flight Takeaway. God bless. Take off, take off.